Welcome to another episode of the Get Back Coach presented by Apollo Media. Today we have Jeffrey the Greek from Eyes on Big. Jeff, welcome. Thanks for having How are we doing? Thanks for coming on. Absolutely my pleasure. Uh, always ready to talk about Big Ten football, especially with you gentlemen. Yeah. Um, so now you do Eyes on Big podcast for uh, Big Ten football. You've been doing it with Big Kirk. How long have you guys been doing that? Yeah, Big Kurt, that's B1G-K-U-R-T. We've been doing it, you know, you think I would, I think this is our fourth year. I'm almost positive uh, this is our fourth football season. We actually started recording that spring, summer uh, before that football season. So I think we're just over four years now. Yeah. And how did, how did you and him, like, um, kind of meet and kind of set things up? Yeah, actually, uh, so... We both live in Minnesota, but we're both transplants. So he's an Illinois guy. I'm an Iowa guy. Um, I grew up, I mean, pretty much everybody in the state of Iowa is a huge uh, college football fan. Most of them for the good side of Iowa, some some of the dirty side for the clones. Um, he grew up a diehard Illinois fan. So we both move up to Minnesota uh, as single guys. And you just assume that, you know, you go to a bar on Saturday and everybody's watching college football and, I mean, there might be hockey on in Minnesota. Uh, that was something I learned. So a uh, ton of sports fans in Minnesota, but not a lot of college football fans. So we got to know each other through a mutual friend, and we hit it off just like that because we both had uh, a love for um, not only college football, but specifically for the Big Ten. Uh, so we started uh, shooting the ball, and uh, we were both annoyed by national coverage of the Big Ten. Uh you know, just how slanted they were essentially just talking about Ohio state and Michigan. Uh, and then just the, the love affair for the sec. Mm -hmm. Um, and we just kept saying, and we just kept saying, you know, I think we could do better than these guys. And finally I, I goaded them enough where we start, we finally started press and record and, and the podcast started. Nice. I mean, listen, I, I, I agree with you there with, uh, the love affair with the sec, um, you hear that, Jay? I just want to oh, make sure I, I Jay hear knows it. that. I hear it every <laughs> once in a while. I like this guy already, Jay. <laughs> Is Jay, I mean, are you still getting used to it? You know, like you were on the outside for a for a big stretch there. Yeah, uh, so that's funny. Is I, I grew up an OU fan before uh, the recruitment process and everything. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, made the business decision to go to A&M, but I was, I was very close to being a Big Ten guy. Uh, North Northwestern was my second choice. Okay. Uh, coming out of high school. Gotcha. Uh, and I mean, it was, I grew up a Chicago sports fan. So uh, the pull of the city kind of uh, brought me very close to, to going to Northwestern, but uh, spent too much time in Texas. And I, I didn't think I was quite equipped to handle those wonders on my own. <laughs> yeah, it gets pretty bad, especially when it's 11 a.m. Uh, Central Time and you're playing at noon in front of uh, like 5,000 people. See, that just gets me excited. Right there. Well, I don't know about the I don't know about the 5,000 people part. Yeah. The rest of it. Listen, so the story my I always yeah. tell is uh, we're driving around the campus and my dad points to a a pole sticking up off a fire hydrant, and uh, he goes, "Jay, do you know what that's for?" And I go, "No, I no clue." That's how they find the uh, fire hydrant whenever it snows. <laughs> That's accurate. I was like, okay, maybe maybe I'm not prepared for <laughs> Chicago winters. But I think during your your playing days, Jay, I mean, Northwestern was decent. 
I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. well, the thing about Northwestern is they're always just such a scrappy team mm-hmm. that they'll win so many games by like one score or at least be mm-hmm. competitive. And mm-hmm. and so they're always you know, they they go back and forth depending on uh how consistent they are, but I mean, there was there was definitely some times where Pat Fitzgerald had that team humming, and I mean I still have a, a ton of love for that coaching staff. I talked about it the other day with the home field drop. Uh, coach McPherson, who is the guy that recruited me, is still up there uh, as assistant head coach. Marty Long was a defensive line coach; he's still up there. So I, I still have a, a lot of love for that staff, and there's somebody that I root for when watching Big Ten football. I, I don't want to speak for Jeff, but like I feel like a lot of the Big Ten roots for Northwestern whenever they're not playing. I don't know. I don't want to speak it's, for Jeff. I don't want to speak for the rest of the you, Big Ten. You definitely uh, you, I, for you me, won't get that I comment. Root, I <laughs> always get, root for Northwestern. You won't get that comment to fly on the Eyes on Big podcast with an Iowa and Illinois oh, guy. Right, so Illinois. Illinois and Northwestern, I mean, that's, you know, that's the Chicagoland rivalry right yeah. there. As far as Iowa and Northwestern, um, you know, they get us way too uh, more often than what Iowa fans want. Um I, I think a general feeling that Big Ten West fans at least have is, can you just go away, Northwestern? <laughs> you know, like we we we've. I mean, I'm pretty protective of the Big Ten West. It's competitive football, kind of across the board, and, and it would be nice to have one patsy, you know, on the schedule. And there's just always seems. And that's to what be, Nebraska's for. <laughs> oh, Jay coming in hot. All right, all right. That's a clip. We're clipping that. <laughs> Some Nebraska fan's going to kill me whenever this drops. I, I just I have a strong dislike from Nebraska being an OU fan back in the day. Okay. See, now Nebraska fans wax poetic uh, with that rivalry saying it's just, oh, Oklahoma and, and Nebraska fans love each other. It's old school, and I guess that depends on who you ask. <laughs> it's, it's a good rivalry, but I just really hate Nebraska. <laughs> Right. I'm in, I'm indifferent. I used to hate them, and now it just it's just sad at this point. But maybe they'll get to a bowl. We'll 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 be covering that later. But yeah, you talked about like you want one easy schedule, or sorry, you want one easy game in your division. You know, the Big Ten East is I think a lot more top heavy, but you have Rutgers there. That's kind of like okay, we're gonna get a win there. Um, Indiana was scrappy for a while, and I think they're gonna really take a dip. But the West, and again, we'll talk about more later on the show, but the West, literally five teams can win the West this year. I would, and, I would and, def- I would, and I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I do think there is a definite top four. Yes. Um, but the three teams on the bottom could get could uh, uh, stand up on any Saturday and get any one of the teams in the top four. Without a doubt, um, we saw some of those bottom three teams challenge the Big Ten East teams big time last year and get them. Uh, Illinois got Penn State. Nebraska took Ohio what a game State. that was. Absolutely. Oh, sorry about that, Jake. Yeah. I didn't mean to. Do- I honestly wasn't even thinking. I'm getting, um, getting another another infamous game. Uh, Nebraska took. Ohio State and Michigan down to the wire. Mm-hmm. You know, like. Uh, um, it's it's an easy division to jump on if you're an, a fan of an outside division. Mm. I think a lot of coaches, if you ask them, 
would give the Big Ten West and the coaching inside the Big Ten West a lot more respect than any of the, you know, doornails on Twitter ever would. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> the, the thing is that gives the East the, the Trump card is they always have the winner of the division. Or sorry, they always have the winner of the conference. You know, yep. whether it was Ohio State, Michigan last year, um, you know, Penn State back in 2016, um, Michigan State when they beat Iowa. So I think that right there kind of gives you the trump card. But the thing is, when you look at Iowa, Wisconsin, uh, Minnesota, and now Purdue is starting to kind of turn some heads, you start to look at the the West and say, hey, listen, the West can match up with anybody on the East. Um, You know, even Ohio State, you know, Iowa's knocked off Ohio State before. Wisconsin's kept it close. But it's just that you always seem to have that winner that comes out of the East that I think always is like that trump card. I guess I would say it a little bit different. I think the major difference between the two is Ohio State. I think if you send Ohio State to the West and Purdue to the East, I'm just kind of picking here, um, then suddenly the West would have more championships than the East. You're right. Um, um, Now, with that being said, Penn State won one and Michigan State won one, uh, Big Ten championship. But those games were absolute classics. The Penn State-Wisconsin Big Ten Mm -hmm. championship, maybe the best Big Ten championship of, of all of them. Except maybe Iowa-Michigan State in 2015. Mm -hmm. So, like, when it hasn't been Ohio State, it's been an even matchup. And I'm almost positive that the uh, since we've gone to the East and West, the overall record is 77-70. to East Mm -hmm. has won with the West. And that's counting the Big Ten Championship. So, basically, we're talking about even Steven, except for, obviously, the deciding factor, which I'm not trying to – toss aside it means something when you're the team you know that wins Mm -hmm. it's just that i put a lot of it attached to to ohio state's dominance over the entire conference oh no i mean you're right if if you took ohio state send them to the west and then traded purdue who's still a a decent team now ohio now the west is starting to look more like the dominant team because you or the dominant division because you know, Michigan, Michigan State, and Penn State the last four years have kind of been in this in-between of seven to ten wins, and you don't know where they're going to fall, similar to Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota. Right. Just because I have it handy here, because I've used oh, it. Oh, okay. The, well, uh, I mean, just to try to back you up, I mean, yeah. so this is last five years win- winning percentage, and I'll, I'll admit I, I got lazy. This is overall winning percentage, so this counts out-of-conference games, too, but I think that's not a bad idea to include them because it shows how teams do out-of-conference. So Ohio State is number one with a bullet, 56-7, and 89% winning percentage. Okay, two, three, four, and five, and six. Wisconsin, Iowa, Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State, and of those teams, it goes from 72% to 63% winning percentage, 44 wins to 42 down to Penn State, that's how close Wisconsin, Iowa, Michigan, and Penn State is with Michigan State coming up real hard. So, like, those four teams, and I think you can add Michigan State, they're they're all right there. Yeah. No, ab- absolutely. Um, so, a little bit – I'm going to ask you a little, little bit more about you. Um, so, during the season, are you a travel guy? Or do you get to as many games as you can? Or being in Minnesota, you kind of have the 
uh, sit on the couch, you know, watch as many games as you can, take notes. Yeah, I, if I could teleport there and back, I'd love to be <laughs> at these games, but I got, I got two small tykes at home, so it just pretty much, you know, kills that. Um, but even with that being said, even before kids, I had traveled a decent amount in my 20s uh, mm. as my ability to afford a better setup uh, down in my basement improved. I mean, I just love watching football all day mm-hmm. long. Uh, my wife has officially given up as of about four falls ago when she doesn't, she doesn't even ask the question, are you going to do this all, all day? She knows what the answer is. Yes, I'm going to watch college football all day long. I'm going to gamble on every single game that I can get a line on that I feel good about. Uh, and I'm going to fall asleep late at night mm-hmm. and, 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 and then talk about it the next day because that's yeah. what I do. Uh, so I go to probably four um, Iowa games a year. It's about a four hour drive for me. Oh. And then I typically catch two games locally. Uh, Cause I'm only about, about a half hour away from where the Gophers play. Oh. Um, I'll go to the Gophers home opener this year versus the fighting Jerry kills coming in um, that game last year, uh, Minnesota, Ohio state. That was that Thursday night game. Mm-hmm. That game was electric. People seem yep. to forget that was a really good game deep into the third quarter. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a great setting. So I'll check a couple games out there too. Yeah. No, and we talked about that last week. You know, you're going to have Jerry Kill versus PJ Fleck, and there is some uh, There's some beef there. There's some beef <laughs> between those two guys. Jerry Kill really took it personally with PJ Fleck and his comments about cleaning up the program. Um, Jerry Kill thinks the whole row the boat thing is – uh a gimmick, a gimmick and is more and minnesota is above that so i listen i don't give new mexico state a chance but they're gonna bring it for a little bit because you know jerry jerry kill's gonna have those guys fired up to try and sneak one past the gophers but i think yeah I, I saw that power I saw that list you guys had you know the coaches Ooh. the coaches beef list and i yeah. saw you had kill and Fleck on there. I was actually pretty proud of, of somebody having that on the list. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, you know, I don't think Kill has got the ponies, you know, no. to come up here and beat beat. I think you could maybe get Minnesota if it's the second, third of game of the year. They mm-hmm. always seem to fall apart. But for the home opener, you would think Peach would have them up and going. Um yep. does Peach drive me nuts? Yes, I'm an Iowa fan. Uh with that being said, uh he's entertaining to talk about oh, yeah. on the podcast. And I'm sorry, Jerry. But Peach has got Minnesota higher than you ever got them when you were the coach there. Uh, so mm-hmm. I mean, you 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 got to acknowledge the job that 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 Peach has done. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's got them playing tough football. Absolutely. Um, all right, so we're gonna get into some Big Ten tiers. All right, so Jeff, how do you want to do this? Do you want to just go by your no bowl teams, or do you want to? Are we gonna go by team by team? Let's just go team by team. You, you can go team. wherever you want. Yep. Okay. Let, let's go. Um, we can go east and west, or west and east, or whatever you want to do. Let's go. Let's let's go alphabetical here. There we go. Hang on. Big Ten. I have them all mixed up, so now I have to bring yeah, up a list. That's all right. <laughs> I'll just mark them off as we go. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, Who's first? Illinois? Yep. All right. Here we go. Uh, Illinois, Jeff, you want to go first? Sure, absolutely. So I got them as a bowl contender. 
Um, I, that's probably interesting that we're starting off with Illinois. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one of the teams I like talking about the most uh, to people because uh, I think they're going to be a they were a vastly improved team from mm-hmm. the beginning to the end last year. I'm a big pick six previews guy and they do a game grader thing and the game grader from the month of September to October to November. They went from something like 70th to 40th to 19th in game grader. And there's a reason why they were winning games at the mm-hmm. end of the year. They have got a nice offensive line, a really good backfield. I really like uh, uh, their defensive uh, uh, coordinator. Um, I think that they are going to surprise a lot of people. Not enough maybe necessarily to get into the division hunt, but I expect them to go over their four and a half uh, win total, and I, I think they're going to make a bowl. Okay. All right, Jay, what do we got? Yeah, so I always think back to, and I, I realize he wasn't very successful there, but playing against Brett Bielema's teams at uh, at Arkansas when he was there, uh, you know they're going to have a physical offensive line. Uh, and I think just the, the style of football that, that Illinois will play with Bielema is – it's going to be something that kind of trends better as the season goes on, in my opinion. Uh, it, it's tough because, I mean, like like Jeffrey was saying, the backfield uh, at Illinois is good. Offensive line is going to be powerful. It's just I – could I see them getting to bowl eligibility? Yes. I, I just don't know if they're going to be quite there this year. I'm I'm looking at like five and seven, so just missing out on a bowl. So that's so I have them at five and seven. I think they get four wins. Um, I think they upset somebody to go to five and seven. Now, if they, I do think because there are so many bowls that they can sneak in as a five and seven team. Hmm. But the thing is, they don't they don't play Rutgers. They don't play Maryland from the from the East, and because of that. I don't think they get that extra win. I do think they beat Indiana. I think they beat Northwestern um, and Wyoming and Chattanooga. Um, I, again, I think they upset somebody. But, um, but yeah, this team was vastly improved from the start to the end. I think the defense is going to be better. Uh, Chase Brown and McCoy, great backfield, better offensive line. Um, I don't know how quarterback play is going to be with DeVito. Um, you know, I, I know they had a hard time throwing the football, so we'll see. But I think they get the five and seven. They might sneak in. I like it. All right. Um, let's go to the Hoosiers of Indiana. Uh, Jeff. Well, oh, uh, I am not predicting happy days in uh, Hoosier land. Um, no bowl for me. It's a, it's a it's a strong no bowl. Uh, you could have got their over under at four and a half to start the year off. That's a, that's a way under bet for me. Uh, there is just too many new faces and too many new places. I don't like their offensive coordinator hire. I could keep going on and on. I feel, I feel horrible, but, um, I think Tommy Allen will get a chance to write the ship even next year. I, I don't think that quite frankly, the football program is is so highly regarded within the athletic department. So, and I like Tommy Allen. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, he did awesome things, but right now the COVID year is kind of starting to look like the outlier, um, gonna need, you know, a, a mini miracle for this team to get in a bowl eligibility this year. Um, yeah. So I'm just going to piggyback off that before we go to Jay, because I am also a strong, no bowl. Um, listen, Indiana football has been really scrappy the last four years. Okay. Tom Allen takes over. They have that really good year in 2020. Last year, their offense was just out of it. And their defense wasn't bad. But when your defense is consistently on the field, they get wore out. And I know they have eight guys back on defense, but with the offense that bad and you're losing some guys, I just don't see this team making a bowl. I used to joke and I used to say um, Penn State basketball was a lot like Indiana football because both very scrappy teams that just have the worst luck. But I just think Tom Allen's going to have his work cut out for him. I really hope that they don't – because it might get ugly. Like this might be a two-win team Um, because their non-conference schedule, they play Cincinnati – Western Kentucky ain't no picnic. Okay, they'll beat Idaho. And I'm telling you, they're going to struggle with Rutgers. So th- this is – it's – what was their over-under for wins? I was think it it's at four now. I, if it's still at four, I might place large amounts of money on the under there because I just don't see it. Now, they do have that quarterback coming from um, Bazelak from yep. Missouri. Yep. Okay. So, I mean, he's I mean, okay. He's fine. He's good. Yeah. I, I don't think he's a pro. I don't think he's a program changer. I think it's an improvement because um, Penix wasn't the same after he got injured. Like he no. came back from injury. He was, he, he was okay, but he, he wasn't the guy you saw before and they lose the heart of their team McFadden. So and, that's like yep. the heart of that defense. That's going to be yep. hard to replace. So I'm going hard. No bull Jay. Yeah, uh, I mean, like you guys said, it's it's looking dim for uh, for Indiana. Uh, Tom Allen's another guy that I love as a coach. Uh, he was another guy that I knew through the recruiting process uh, whenever he was at Ole Miss uh, under under old uh, Hugh Freeze. But uh, you know, it's it's so many new faces. Uh, like you said, the non conference schedule. I mean, at Cincinnati, that's that's going to be. I mean, there's no way they win that game, in my opinion. Uh, Western Kentucky, you mentioned, is good uh, as a tougher team. They're losing a lot on offense. Bailey Zappi's gone. Obviously, that was a very prolific uh, passing attack that they had last year. We'll see if they're able to kind of trance, like keep that momentum going. Uh, I have some doubts about that program, but uh, Idaho should be a win. I think we find out in the first game of the season against Illinois what what this is going to look like this year for Indiana. Mm. Uh, you know, they may come out and and scratch out a win, and if that's the case, I think that boosts the, the stock of the program throughout the season. But anything less than a win at home, I, I think uh, you're, you're looking at a very, very tough year for Indiana. Yeah. Illinois, Indiana, beginning of the year, I'm probably going to bet that under. Yeah. <laughs> That, it looks call. like that looks like an under game to me. I don't know what it is. It's probably not low enough. I'm probably looking at the under for that <laughs> one. Um, all right, let's go to Iowa. Um, 
Jeff, what are your Hawkeyes going to do this year? Or, or what do you think they might do this year? Um, you know, obviously this is what I kind of check into being a fan uh, instead of a podcaster. Um, guess I'm just shocked at the disrespect being uh, slung Iowa's way. Uh, y- the only thing you hear about is how bad the offense is. That is all anybody has anything to say about the Hawks. And trust me, the offense was not just bad last year. It was horrible. Like anybody with a brain and two sets of eyeballs can see how bad the offense was. Uh, What people don't know is that we lost three offensive linemen by the second game of the season. Uh, One guy retired in the offseason. One guy, no kidding you, hurt himself in the offseason bailing hay. Uh, and then the other guy, you know, like uh, injury in a, in a game next. So all of a sudden, just like that, we're down to an All-American center and just br- freshmen all around them. Uh, we'll have three starting sophomores this year that are returning because of how much uh, starting experience they got last year. So that's my way of easing into it that I think the offensive line will be better. I think the rushing attack will be better. It doesn't mean that I think we're going to look like heyday Oregon on offense. That's not what I'm saying. Just more efficient, not taking so many negative plays. On the other side, Iowa's defense is lethal. I, I think this is the best defense in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Um, best linebacking crew, maybe in the top three in the country. Good secondary, really good D-line. It, it's just weird that that is completely thrown aside so that people can only talk about the offense. So does the offense have to improve? Absolutely, it does. But I think this coaching staff knows how to win with an offense that is still developing or meddling. Uh, the special teams will be good. Overall, I feel really good about the Hawks. So definitely bowl contender. Um, I would say New Year's Six contender. They're right on the line there. The only issue is it is a tough schedule. They draw Ohio State. And Michigan from the East, uh, Iowa State, you know, rivalry game for out of conference. So they're going to have to play very well. But if they can get to 10 and 2, which is definitely possible, then I would say they're a New Year's mm-hmm. Six contender. Yeah. Uh, Jay. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I was very, very close to a, a New Year's Six contender. I'm looking at the same thing uh, with Michigan and Ohio State being two of the teams they draw from the east uh, i also don't love that they they welcome south dakota state to town uh why do they keep doing it why? I, I don't know <laughs> why why do the I mean, hawkeyes I mean, keep it was, inviting north dakota state and yeah, south dakota i mean it was state. north only dakota. bad can happen it was, i know i mean i i hate fcs uh teams i hate playing you and i i mean it's just a it's literally a no-win situation i would say though uh, I can tell by the, the comments of the staff, they're they're taking that game seriously. And SDSU has got a brand new quarterback, running back, uh, like yeah. three new offensive linemen. So I think that helps the whole situation. Yeah. But I know, the and, they're, is, and they're coming off the the FCS championship, I believe, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, it did S- SDSU finally won it, right? Yep, I think yeah. so. They got out of the North Dakota State hump or got around it. Yeah, and um, then I mean, Al, you know the. Iowa State Iowa game is going to be it's always like one of those kind of like sloppy games. I think Iowa should be able to handle Iowa State pretty handily this year. I think uh uh Matt Campbell is is looking forward to greener pastures personally uh at this stage, but we'll should've see where out. he ends up. Uh Nevada was a 
great Mountain West program last year, but they lost their head coach in conference to Colorado State. So I think there's going to be a little bit of fall off there. Uh, obviously, you know, the the first road game of the year at Rutgers, uh, I don't see that presenting too many issues for Iowa. Uh, and, and then you look at the West. I mean, I, other than Wisconsin, uh, I just think Wisconsin and Iowa are going to be the top, the clear top two in the West this year, uh, in my mind. And there's there's a couple other teams that may uh, throw their name in the hat, but to me, those two teams are the ones that jump off uh, on paper. And like you were talking about with the offensive line, I mean, you're starting three freshmen last year. People don't realize how big it is to get that full off season in the program, especially on the offensive line. So I think you see them take a big step forward there this year. Nope. I totally agree. Uh, I have Iowa as a NY six contender, definitely playing. They're definitely going to be playing on new year's day at worst. Um, they do open up with South Dakota state, which like you said, Jeff, that's a no win situation, especially with South Dakota state being Again, casual college football fans don't understand how good South Dakota State is, you know, or North Dakota State, or even Northern Iowa, uh, for that matter. You know, th- those are quality teams in FCS. Um, the Cyhawk Bowl or the Cyhawk Trophy, I think Iowa kills them. I, I think I, I think Matt Campbell should have gotten out when he had the chance because I think his stock. And again, I'm not, and I'm not pan- for the people listening. I'm not pandering to Jeff because he's here. Okay, but I think I, I think Iowa State is really going to take a dip this year. I think Matt Campbell should have got out when he had the chance because people are going to – Iowa State fans are going to be mad because last year they didn't live up to their potential. But that's a, that's a story for another day. Um, hey, you guys are talking well about the Hawks and slander in <laughs> Iowa State. I will come on this podcast anytime you want. <laughs> uh, but I, I, think, I think Michigan's a toss-up. I think uh, – I'm going to mark Ohio State down as a loss just because I just think Ohio State, their offense is so good that Iowa's going to get worn down towards the end. Um, the one thing I will say is Iowa gets Ohio State coming off of a bye. So that it could be, uh, could be ru- something to watch. Okay. And hey, listen, I, Iowa's done it before. Okay, they've done I it before. Think, uh, I think it's Ohio in State's Columbus. Coming, I, think, I think Ohio State's coming off an idle week, too. Oh well, yeah. and, and they're at home. Yeah. Rust, you gotta account. Maybe, maybe some rust. Maybe <laughs> some rust. Yeah. It is in Columbus. Uh, you don't get the Kinnick factor. Um, but no, I, I think Iowa is. If Iowa's not the best team in the West, I think they are the clear number two at the freaking worst number three. Um, but no, I really like the Hawks. Uh, like you said, best li- I think best linebacker cr- core in the conference, maybe in the country might be the best defense um, in the conference. Listen, their offense, again, you guys already said it. So I feel like I'm just copying your notes, but this offense, everyone's talking about Goodson leaving and Charlie Jones leaving without those offensive linemen, all getting that that experience and then coming back, they're going to be better. And if the run game is better and they're able to control the clock a little bit more, I think this is a team that can surprise some people offensively. Now, like you said, Jeff, they're not going to be, you know, Chip Kelly, Oregon, and they're not going to be the best offense in the Big Ten. But Petrus just got just don't turn over the football, play position fo- possession football, don't turn it over, play Iowa, and you know they're going to have good special teams. Um, 
but no, I think this is an NY six contender. Um, at worst, at worst, you're looking at it at an Outback Bowl. At worst, we got an open invitation there too. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, before well, what is it? My... It's not the Outback Bowl anymore, though. Oh, yeah, no, that's no, right. It's not. It's still the Outback Bowl. It, I'm, I'm, not I'm still gonna have a blooming onion to say. I'm not there calling it the whatever the hell it's called now. I it's still it's it. still the Red River rivalry. You know, shootout. Yeah. It's uh, we're calling it how it is exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know. Uh, Heinz Field just got changed to Acrisure. I was just in Pittsburgh, and a bunch Oof. of Pittsburgh people. I ain't calling it Acrisure. <laughs> I ain't doing it. Um, but before we move on from <laughs> Iowa, um, Jeff, how do you feel about Iowa's public enemy number one in Brian Ferentz? Um, <laughs> on the I, spot. I, yeah. Um, I don't personally know him. Okay. So right. uh, I, I right. just want to point that out. Uh, I mean, there's, you know, a couple guys on the staff that I do know. I've, I've not spent any time with them. Um, he's no dummy. Okay. Uh, I've seen the guy interviewed. In fact, sometimes I wonder if he overcomplicates things for the quarterback and the offense in general. Um, I think a lot of some of the best play callers go by feel. And I, I, I think that's maybe his biggest undoing. Um, with that being said, he has took so many slings and arrows since last year and in the offseason. I, I kind of find myself rooting for the guy mm-hmm. a little bit, you know, and I and I do think there are shackles put on his play calling by Coach Ferentz, by Kirk Ferentz, uh, to not, you know, to play complimentary football, not get the offense uh, or the defense, whatever, in a bind with turnovers and whatnot. So I do think there's there's something there where he's willing to have that job, you know, taking on the parameters of it. Uh, with that being said, it's, it's gotta be better this year. You know, um, it was, it was okay in 2020, but that was the COVID year we've seen flashes. It's just gotta be more consistent. Right. Okay. Yeah, I, man, I mean, I'd like for A&M to, to have a better offensive coordinator too, but when, when it's your head coach who's the offensive coordinator, that's a little bit of a problem. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I didn't feel like I would be doing my due diligence if I didn't ask the question. If I had an Iowa guy on here and I didn't ask the question, I get asked it a lot. You'd think I'd have a, a better, you know, canned answer, but I'm still working. No, it. that was perfect. No, right. that was perfect. That was perfect. Um, all right, we're moving to my one of my favorite teams, Maryland. Let's talk. Let's talk about Maryland. Here, yeah, Jeff. I got this as a definite bowl team. Um, mm-hmm. I, I uh, famously, you know, somewhat famously <laughs> predicted Maryland to win one game last year. I thought they were just going to fall off the map. Uh, went six and six and won a bowl to go seven and six. And I got uh, the five Maryland uh, football fans on Twitter just just tore me to shreds. Um, so with that being said, uh, I came at this Maryland team, found a new insider who was awesome dude. And I found myself with a little bit, you know, m- new found respect for Maryland. At the same time, I still don't think Locks is the greatest coach, you know, that you could find, but he is recruiting. And we've got wide receivers, you know, for days here um, uh, uh, with um, uh, Leah Tungvaiola, Raheem Jarrett. I mean, they have got tons of wide receivers. This is almost for sure the second best wide receiver crew in the big 10 Ohio state being number one, Michigan being right there, like Maryland and, and Michigan probably two and three. Um, 
but this is a team that's going to put a lot of points on the board. This is it's funny that we went from Iowa to Maryland. I don't think these two teams could be more polar opposites on how they attack the game of college football. That's talking head coach on how mm-hmm. he does things, offense compared to defense. So I think they will they'll get somebody that you wouldn't maybe think they'll get right now. They'll get got by somebody that they probably shouldn't. But but definitely a bowl team. They're over under a six, so I I like them to hit that, and I think they got a real good chance at winning seven. Yeah. Oh, okay. Jay. Uh, the the one thing I'm looking at here is that the game against SMU, just because SMU has been a, a tough a tougher uh, group of five team recently. Uh, obviously, with Sonny Dykes moving on, there's going to be some turnover in the program. We'll see what Rhett Lashley does whenever he's there. Uh, but I. I there's so many weapons on this offense, you know that they're going to put up points. Now, Tagovailoa is a little bit reckless with the ball at times, so there's going to be some turnovers as well. Uh, the, the problem with the way this Maryland team plays is things can go south for them in a hurry. When, whenever they're, you know, it's a fast offense, you turn the ball over, your defense doesn't get off the field, that can create a lot of issues for this team. Uh, so I, I'm, I do think they're a bold team just looking at their schedule, but it's, I don't feel super comfortable saying that, uh, I'm, I'm wishy-washy on it, but right now I have them as a bold team. Mm-hmm. I am sitting at 80% confidence that this is a bold team. Okay. Listen, Maryland is an enigma. They really are. Because they'll come out. And I think the one year they beat uh, again. Uh, I don't want to. Yeah. I, I still love make... them for beating Texas twice. Absolutely, I, absolutely. Know, yeah, I know. So, <laughs> like, Everybody's a Maryland fan that day. I mean, uh, and Tom Herman's so just kind of a piece of shit. That that uh, Maryland's <laughs> one of my favorite teams was 100 percent sarcasm. Uh, okay. But the Texas game, so they beat Texas what back to back years. And then what? Both of those years, did they even make a bowl? Did they even get to so. six? Wh- no. So like this team comes out some days, and you're thinking, "Yo, that this team can play. This team can put points on the board. They're fast." And then other days, they just lay eggs, and you have no idea how. And listen, they have one of the best receiving cores in the Big Ten. Jarrett um, Demas, uh, who's going to be coming off of an injury. And then they get this Copeland from uh, Florida, you know, who could help yep. them out. Florida's you know, leading Lola. receiver last year. Yeah. So, like, goes you to have, Maryland. I, that should be a bigger story than it is. How does the Florida Gators' top wide receiver leave the SEC in Florida to go to Maryland? It's it's bananas. It It is. And I don't – so Maryland loses a bunch – like, their transfer portal ratio is is – crazy because they lose a bunch of guys and then but they also keep getting them to come in so it's like this never-ending revolving door and i don't know if that's sustainable but listen this offense is going to put up points but like jay said when it rains it's going to pour if this offense isn't moving the ball or if they're turning the ball over kind of like what happened the iowa game last year which sorry jeff i because i'm an idiot I saw that Iowa-Maryland line, and I thought, that is way too low. So I was like, screw it. Maryland, I'm putting Maryland to cover, 
I never, I never put money on Maryland, but I did that day. And then by halftime, I'm scratching my head thinking, why am I a dumb person? But, <laughs> but that's what happens though with Maryland. They get all jacked up. The turnovers start flying. And just like what happened with the Iowa game, things start getting out of hand. So I'm 80% confident this is a bowl team. They are probably going to upset somebody. But like Jeff said, they're probably going to get got by somebody. The defense holds this team back. Uh, they lost one of, one of their best young defensive players, transferred to Penn State, Chop Robinson. Uh, big get, by the way. Love, love, love that get by the Nittany Lions. But I just don't know. this. There's just so much uncertainty with this defense that I don't know. Even though the offense is going to be pretty good, I just don't know where this team is going to be. SMU, take the over in that matchup. For sure. If SMU is anything like the Sunny Dykes, Mustangs, uh, take the over there. Well, and, and Lashley is an offensive guy, so we'll. I think you'll see yeah. pretty much a very, very similar approach to the game. Yeah. But that's not going to be an automatic win either. That's SMU is yeah. going to be coming. SMU is going to be coming. To play. I'm also like, why are they playing at Charlotte? I mean, that, that has is to be the for recruiting. Thing. Yeah, don't it get has it. to be recruiting. Has to it has to be to try and get kids from um, that North Carolina area or something. Um, who knows? Uh, all right, uh, who is next on our? I think is it Minnesota. I think it technically be Michigan, wouldn't it? C is before N. Good job. All right. Uh, all right. <laughs> Michigan, We're Jeff. Not alphabet got? guys. Nah, not a nah, big. We yeah, need... we're not big on the alphabet here, Jeff. All right, uh, overrated. So, if if Iowa is one of the more disrespected teams in the Big Ten, I think the other one is actually Michigan. Um, I'm pretty sure they were just in the Big Ten championship last year and made a college football playoff appearance. Um, I saw a couple different publications for just for example that had their offensive line ranked third in the Big Ten. This is the best offensive line in the Big Ten to me. Uh, three returning starters from the best offensive line, Joe Moore, uh, award-winning offensive line. And then they get a Remington finalist at center to transfer in. I think that's what basically sets the tone for this entire team. They've got two established quarterbacks. They've got talent in the backfield. I really like Blake Corum. Donovan Edwards is a weapon coming out of the backfield, catching the ball. Ronnie Bell comes back. Yes, that's right. I'm talking about Michigan and their offense because I think it's going to be a really good offense. It's just that anything compared to Ohio State, even when you beat them, in Michigan's case, nobody pays any attention to it. But this was the second highest scoring offense in the Big Ten. I'm pretty sure it was the second uh, uh, yardage total offense in the Big Ten as well. They lose a ton off the defense, but I, I believe Mike Minter is the new defensive coordinator came in from the other Harbaugh tree in Baltimore. Um, there's talent on the defense, but I think you could see, you know, being some hiccups somewhere along the schedule be because so much talent is there. Um, I think khaki pants, him getting silly and stupid with the NFL. That was a dumb move. I think it really, Stripped a lot of the the momentum that that Michigan and the fans and the program was feeling. With that being said, he's so weird that I think he can do weird things like that and come back to his team. And I don't even think his team notices. And then look at their schedule. I mean, 
you know, Iowa's by far their toughest uh, contest the first, I think it's six, seven weeks of the season before they start playing tougher teams. So they will have a chance to to roll into it before they get to the tougher team. So definitely New York Six contender. I'm just going to go ahead and say that they are a playoff contender for me because I think they could lose a game somewhere along the way in the Big Ten. Maybe Iowa, maybe Michigan State's been a thorn in their side. The Penn State-Michigan game is always tight. So they can lose any one of those games. But if they beat Ohio State again, win the Big Ten championship, they're in. Um, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go here, Jay. Um, so I I I think Michigan is their ceiling is New Year's six. I do think their floor is outback bowl. I think what helps them is they get Penn State and Michigan State at home. And I think that's a major help. If those two games were in East Lansing and Happy Valley, I think it might be a different story. Hell, you know, Penn, Penn State was terrible on offense, and they were winning the game with three minutes to go in Happy Valley, and two two defensive backs run into each other, and Eric All takes it to the house. You know, so, but yeah, that game's going to be tough. But again, you get them at home. I'm going to chalk I or Ohio State Ohio State as a loss at because it's in Columbus and you know, they're going to be out for blood. The Iowa game in Iowa, that's going to be, that's a mark your calendar type of game, but their schedule starts off very easy. The three, they're just three cakewalks, but again, the first game of the first game of big 10 plays Maryland. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it would be Maryland to win hmm. six games and knock off Michigan. Hmm. Again, not saying it'll happen just because, again, uh, you talked about Michigan's offense, which is definitely going to be better than it was last year. And I think they'll have to rely on it a lot more. Last year, they had to rely on their defense and they're losing some there. Um, you know, probably three of the best defensive players in the, in the conference. But I think it wouldn't surprise me if Michigan went eight and four. It wouldn't surprise me. I think that is a stretch. I don't think they're a playoff contender. I think they're going to have a hiccup. I'm saying 10 and 2, 9 and 3. But I do put them as an NY6 uh, contender at least. But this is a team I, I hate to rank because it's it. there's just a lot of moving parts there. But, all right, Jay. Well, you mentioned the cakewalk of the early schedule. Obviously, UConn uh, is not going to offer much. Norris Hawaii. I do think Colorado State's going to be an improved team this year. Uh, you know, we I talked a little bit about it with uh, Nevada losing uh, Jay Norvell to Colorado State. I think you're going to see that program take a step forward. Not uh, a beat Michigan step forward, but I think that could be a little competitive early on in the game. Uh, Maryland is a scary team, like you mentioned, for this. Uh, just so much talent on offense. Uh, with Michigan maybe taking a step back defensively, it, it's something that I would definitely be frightened of as a, as a Michigan fan. Uh, I actually have at Iowa chalked up as a loss. Uh, I, I think Iowa wins I that really game. liking you guys. I, I just always <laughs> I, mean, I do. I do feel like I'm kind of kissing ass at this point, but I, I, <laughs> I, I looked at this on the schedule and I just think going into Kinnick, it's, it's such a tough, tough place to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it, it's 
it's we're gonna nervous. Be the... We're nervous they're gonna make that the big noon game, whereas we'd rather <sighs> have it at night. Yeah, I, I would be nervous about that as well. Uh, and then Indiana is not gonna have much to offer this year. Uh, Penn State's gonna be a tough contest, but I think again, Jake, like you said, getting that at as a home game for the Wolverines that makes a huge difference. Bye week into Michigan State again at home makes a difference, and then you get. A Rutgers team that's not going to offer anything. Uh, and the next loss I see on the schedule is Ohio State. So I, I have Michigan as a two-loss team good enough to be in the New Year's Six. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, two-loss team, you know, 10 and two. But, you know, could they – I don't think they lose to Michigan State again. <clears throat> I don't. But, again, I say that every year, and then and Sparty does Sparty things by some miraculous <laughs> act of God happens. Um, but – yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if, if Michigan's back in the New Year's Six. It would surprise me if they go 11-1 again, though. That would. Um, so, talking about – let's talk about Sparty. Yeah. Um, this is a team that if you wake me up at 6.30 in the morning, I'll have one feeling about them. Ask me at noon. I'm kind of the opposite, you know. And then ask me again at night. I'm back to – what I, I, I'm all over the map with Michigan State. Um it seems like, you know, what comes up must come down type of deal. Hard for me to think they're going to match what they did last year. I think Kenneth Walker hid a lot of, of mediocrity out of that offensive line. And then in turn, kind of hid mediocrity on the whole team. I mean, the defense really wasn't any any good. The, the passing defense was, was historically bad. Um, but boy, they could run the ball and have explosive plays. And then they did a great job of pairing that off, uh, with Peyton Thorne and the Thorne in the throw game. I just think it's going to look a lot different this year. I think they're, they are going to look in, in this, I, I I'll probably get punched by a Michigan state fan at some point, but I think it's going to have more of a Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin feel to it for how they're going to go about things. I think they're going to have to slow the tempo down, play a little bit more complimentary football. So I think their defense statistics are going to take a big jump up, uh, but their uh, uh, um, offensive stats are going to take a a, a shot down. So um, at one point, I would say this is probably, this was, could have been a New Year's six contender, but right now I'm going to put them just a notch below and put them as a strong bowl team. You know, strong bowl team, definite bowl team, but I think they're going to have a, too many things have to fall their way to get to a New Year's Six bowl. Yep, uh, Jay. Yeah, I mean, looking at the non-conference schedule, there's not really anything on that that scares me for uh, Michigan State. I think it's three wins to start the season. Washington is the only one where maybe, but that's a new po- that's a new coaching staff going in. I do worry about it a little bit being on the road. Uh, Obviously, you get wacky Pac twelve, wa- yeah, wacky late night Pac twelve, Pac twelve after that. dark. <laughs> yep. Uh, but so that that is the only thing that worries me in the non conference schedule. I just think that Washington isn't going to be able to take that big of a step forward, uh, making the switch from uh, Lake to the the Fresno State guy. I think uh, Kalen DeBoer. Am I saying that right? Yeah, DeBoer. Uh, but we'll we'll see what happens there. But I, I have it right now. Three wins start the season. Minnesota, Maryland. Uh, at Maryland, that's, again, this is just going back to our our feelings about Maryland being a little bit of a scary team. Uh, Ohio State is the, the first definite loss I see. And then things don't get easier whenever Wisconsin comes to town. 
Uh, that's going to be another tough, tough game for Michigan State. Then you go on the road at Michigan, which we just talked about. Uh, just think, you know, Michigan is going to be very, very uh, hyped up for this one. I just think the Wolverines are going to be the better team. Uh, so, again, they close the season at Penn State. That looks to me like a, a, a loss in the, uh, the land-grant trophy. That, the most uh, that beautiful, beautiful trophy piece in of metal. The most beautiful trophy in sports. <laughs> don't, don't refer to it as anything less. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but, I yeah, so I, I don't have them as a New Year's Six team. Uh, but again, very, very strong bowl team. So I'm with, I'm with Jeff here. Some days I think this team can make the new year six. And then other days I'm like, eh, I don't know their schedule. It's all going to come down to the land grand trophy, um, in happy Valley. They're going to lose to Michigan. They're going to lose to Ohio state. Here's the other thing. Uh, you said Wisconsin's going to be a tough game, and, and listen, it's going to be, but I think Michigan State matches up very well against Wisconsin, okay? Wisconsin's going to want to ground and pound. Uh, Graham Mertz hasn't shown that he can really sling the rock. Um, he came on there at the end of the season, though. Yeah, did he? Did he, though? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, like, and that's the thing. So, Michigan State, yeah, they have just a notoriously bad secondary. Is that going to be a big factor against Wisconsin? I do think losing Kenneth Walker is going to show something. Like Jeff said, I think he kind of overcompensated for a um, a okay offense or an average offensive line. But this team is still dangerous. Like, it's – they have uh, great work in the portal. They got Jalen Berger, which is he, they, he, who was supposed to be Wisconsin's dude at running back. Um, they have him. They got also a Colorado uh, Brassard. So nice little duo there. Um, offense has Jalen Reed back, who is a really good receiver. Peyton Thorne, who likes to take chances, but has shown that he can be a dog. Eight wins at the worst. Okay, this is like sky is falling, everything goes wrong. This is an eight-win team, but I also see this team ceiling be being eight and two. So if he if Joe Pop is listening, because I know he probably is, I'm saying something nice. This team can make the New Year six. Okay. I'm just letting you know. Tuck coming. Tuck coming. Uh, okay, hang on. See, now <laughs> Jeff, now I'm gonna have to say something bad. It's listen, I like him. I like him. I like talk. I do. But it's one year. Like, let's calm down. Hey, hey, shut up and smoke a stogie. All right. That's what we do. Every time something good happens, I take a picture of myself smoking a stogie. It's a rule. <laughs> I I like him. I do. It's oh, just yeah. I I love his energy. I love the whole thing, but like, dude, it's one year. Like sure. let's let's pump the brakes, guys. Like, but at the same time, when it's hot, you got to keep riding it. You know, especially yeah. in the portal and recruiting. I mean, that's the name of the game. So yeah, and it's listen. That's not going to last. Like, listen, he is he is the portal god or the the portal genius, if you will. But that's not sustainable. Like, you're gonna have some lapses there where it doesn't go in your favor. Um, oh, I forgot this guy's name, and I'm gonna kick myself they just got a linebacker from unlv to fill a hole there in their defense and 
oh, I forget his name, hmm. but I'm interested to see how he does um, with that defense and how he helps out. I do think their pass rush last year really helped out the secondary. Um, but if that pass rush is good um, and the offense can take another step forward, again, this team is if, you, if you're relying on your pass rush, though, that's not a good uh, sign. I know, Jay. Well, I, I know, Jay. And, Jay, you would know. Coming, I, I know being, very well. Being a, <laughs> the defensive lineman you are. I but. still have nightmares about wheel routes. <laughs> <laughs> but, again, I don't know. Michigan State, that's the team that it's, it, it's very hard to tell what they're going to be. Um, let's see here. Minnesota. Now we're at Minnesota. Um, Jeff, the place where you reside. Yep. What's going on in Gopherland? Um, listen, I got this as a New Year six team. Um, this, this is a, this is a good Minnesota team. Um, the, uh, they got Tanner Morgan come back for his 14th year. I think we all got more hair than Tanner Morgan on this podcast here. Um, and he's solid, you know, and I don't think the dude gets enough credit. Um, Pete, they got Kirk Shiroka back, which Jake price says you can have them, but sometimes for some Mm. reasons, Offensive coordinators fit in better at some programs than they do that. I don't think Kirk was as strong of a recruiter as Jimmy Franklin wanted him to be, and I think that was part of the deal why he didn't fit. Uh, but start getting that inside-outside thing going where they suck you inside with Mo Ibrahim, maybe the most underrated running back in the country, and then you start hitting those slants. Like That's what you're going to face with Minnesota. And then with their defensive coordinator, Joe Rossi, he he's just solid. I mean, the guy has put together good defenses now for, I, you know, it was really tough position. They got put in 2020, but 2019 last year, look up Minnesota's statistics on defense. They were a rugged, tough mm-hmm. defense. So their, their biggest Achilles heel was one of their strengths last year, which is the offensive line. So I don't know if they're going to be able to lean on people quite as much as they did the past couple of years, but I do think their pass protection will be a little bit more athletic so this is my number one contender uh, for the Big Ten West. As Ooh. hard as that, uh, it, it's tough for me to say. Uh, and so if they if they get that high, then I got to give them as a New Year Six contender. So Jeff, I think we're going to have our first disagreement here. Hmm. Um, I am not as high on Minnesota as other people are. Um, I do think they get to eight wins. I think easily. I think they do get to eight wins. Okay. I don't see I don't see them beating Michigan State. I don't see them beating Iowa. And quite frankly, Wisconsin and Purdue are toss-up games. And I think a lot of people are just kind of throwing them, oh, they're going to be the contender. Um, <laughs> Ibrahim's back. Tanner, Mor- Tanner Morgan's back. And I know they've rebuilt. Every time I put something about Minnesota and their offensive line, everyone's like, well, they did well in the portal. They got a bunch of guys. Listen. Those guys are going to be together for one camp, right? Unless they got there in the spring. But still, that takes a little bit of time. I do think Minnesota towards the end of the year is going to be a lot better than Minnesota in the beginning. But I I think their defense is a little underrated. I don't necessarily think it's a strength. But I see this eight, eight and four or nine and three. I do think they make it to a New Year's Day bowl, but I don't think I, I don't think they contend for the West like people think they're going to. Uh, Jay. Yeah, uh, so looking at the non-conference, obviously we've talked about the Jerry Kill, PJ Fleck 
beef. So I'm excited to tune into that one, even though I think it ends up being. I'll be at that game, game in Minnesota's favor. It'll be uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, I'm sure nothing will happen, but it's still fun to hype. You know, we love seeing coaches, you know, not like each other. Absolutely. The, the Saban Jimbo beef was some of the best part of the offseason so far. Uh, but New Mexico State should be an easy win. Uh, those Aggies are just not one of the best programs in college football. Um, historically, they're right down there with UMass and UConn. Uh, Western Illinois is in a strong FCS program. Colorado has looked, I mean, just not good last year. And, you know, for, for a program that was contending for titles in the 90s, that sure did take a southward turn. Uh, they have not looked good since getting poor, to the Pac-12. Or Colorado. They may end up back in the Big 12 as well, uh, <laughs> which is wild to think about. Uh, and then, obviously, you jump into conference play with Michigan State. Very tough game on the road. Uh, and, and that's what I'm looking at and seeing a theme there with this Minnesota program. They get a lot of tough road games. Uh, they go to East Lansing. They go to Happy Valley. Uh, I, I know I said Nebraska is, is the easy win in the Big Ten West, but that, I do think that's going to be a, a tough environment for Minnesota to go into. Uh, they do get Iowa at home, but I just think Iowa's the better team. And then on the road at Wisconsin, again, Camp Randall, late season. It's going to be it, – it's just so many road games that I, I have trouble believing that this is going to be a New Year's Six team. Uh, I think they're going to be improved from last year. Uh, and I, I love Ibrahim as a running back. He's one of my favorite players in the conference this year. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing him get back on the field. But I just I don't love the fact that they have so many tough road contests uh, on that schedule. Yeah. All right. It's Husker time. <laughs> Nebraska. Everyone's seems to be everyone's favorite punching bag on the Internet recently in the big 10 uh jeff what do you think about the huskers um interesting you say that they're the number one punching bag i mean i just listened to a national podcast today and when they were talking about surprise teams across the whole country nebraska was the first team they brought up um, really they were the best three loss team last year in the country they were the I best mean, how many three, three wins. in history jay okay <laughs> three <Yeah. wins>. sorry <laughs> I, I mean What's what's in, uh, you know, I hate to, I'm going to sound like an Iowa fan here, but what's crazy to me is that Nebraska can get their eight losses by one score brought up as more of a positive than Iowa winning 10 games and with some of them being by one scores. I I don't know how that's possible that winning a bunch of games by close is uglier than losing a bunch of games by a close score. I have I've, I've yet to have anybody really – Do you know why, really... Jeff? Honestly, do you know why? And I, I hate to even say this, but because they're Nebraska and Iowa always has this – there's – and it, I think it all started with Colin Coward, the whole the full fake ID rant. And listen, Iowa – I think people just kind of throw Iowa to the side and they shouldn't. Like, Iowa's a good football team. Look at them when they play in bowl games. Like, yeah, okay, they lost a Rose Bowl, or I think they got into an NY6 bowl and lost. But, like, whenever they're eight and four, or eight and nine, and they go to play on New Year's Day, or they play in an Alamo Bowl or something like that, they're always 
significantly better than the other team. Now I know the Kentucky thing happened last year. Okay. But usually I mean, we had the lead right late in the game. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, but like usually Iowa is when they stack up against other eight and four teams, nine, like they're always win. And I just think everyone's just waiting for Nebraska to be back that they look at the glass half full and they're always trying to discredit Iowa. Who's like 10 and two. And again, and I'm, not blowing, I'm, not, I'm not, the, pander, yeah, I'm not, black shirt defense. To Jeff. I'm not, I'm not pandering <laughs> and, to Jeff. I'm not. And if there's any Nebraska fans listening right now, they're like, wait a second. Isn't this the Nebraska segment? So I feel bad that I, I got us off the rails there. That's my fault. Um, listen, I, I am a big believer that if you're going to win in either side of the big 10, but if you're going to win the big 10 West, you better be stout up front on both sides of the ball. I, I, I am, I just, I think this could be a awful offensive line. Like if they are average, I think they're going to play, they're playing in front of their ski tips. Uh, Like I, I, I think that's going to hinder this offense that Mark Whipple you know, I give the guy a ton of respect, but it took him quite a few years at Pitt to get that thing up and running, not to mention a first-round draft pick, a quarterback, and a wide receiver that was talented from the day he stepped on campus. I've heard stories about how good that guy was right when he got on campus. He gets credit for the quarterback, don't get me wrong, but like, I don't think Casey Thompson's that good. I don't see a wide receiver that's that good. Like, I think it's a pretty good wide receiver room, a pretty good running back room but I don't see enough there coupled with that offensive line that's going to translate into an explosive offense that I see so many people expecting. On the other side, the defense will play well, okay? I don't think it's great. I, I think it is a disruptive defense, uh, but it gets put on it gets put in a bad position too often, and it tends to give up big plays at the worst time. Um, they lost a lot of talent off that defense as well. The defense will be fine. But together, I, I think this can be a bull team if things go well with the offensive line and then you pair it up with the schedule, which I think is is very favorable. And no, it, it is it definitely is. a very favorable schedule. It is. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at non-conference play, and there's just, you know, North Dakota, <laughs> North Dakota and, and Georgia Southern. Oklahoma obviously is is a tough game, but they get the Sooners at home. I don't think they win that game, uh, even with all the turnover that you'll see uh, in Norman. Uh, obviously, with Venables coming in, I think there's a little bit of uh, continuity there, just because Venables was such a big Stoops guy. Uh, then you you look at the rest of the schedule. I do kind of want to mention Clay Helton at uh, Georgia Southern. That's going to be weird to see. Uh, <laughs> but you look at the rest of the schedule. I, I think they're a bold team, but I, it's it's a lot like Maryland where just barely a bold team. Uh, you know, the, the good news is that Nebraska doesn't have to take uh, three tough teams from the east, right? They get Indiana and Rutgers. Obviously, Michigan's going to be a tough contest, but Indiana and Rutgers are your two te- are two of the three teams from the East that you get, and you got to be happy with that draw. So it's a it's a favorable schedule. I think uh, Nebraska is not going to be as good as some people think. Uh, they're going to squeak just barely into bowl eligibility, uh, but we'll see. It'll it'll be interesting for sure. I'm I'm looking forward to 
to see how this season plays out just because I think so many people are riding high on Nebraska and uh, I, I just, I don't buy it. Uh, Scott Frost will make a bowl. A hundred percent. This is a bowl team. This They'll win at least six games just because their schedule's favorable because they have to play Indiana and Rutgers uh, from the East. Um, they'll be, I do. I, I do want to say I feel bad that we sent uh, these two team, uh, two teams to Dublin to play in Nebraska and Northwestern. <laughs> yeah. By the yeah. way, you want to bet an under? I've already got that one in. Oh, you already got that one locked in. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, listen, I, I think, it, uh, and I know this is this is just ranking uh, Nebraska here, but this is a six-win team. I don't know how good Casey Thompson is, but the big thing is Nebraska on the in the trenches, which when you think Nebraska, you think they'll be good in the trenches. They lose a lot on D on the D line. They lose. I don't know how good this offensive line is. I just I don't know if they're going to be able to play with the big dogs. Now, again, last year they had a lot of close losses. I get that. So maybe the ball will bounce more their way, but I don't know. I think you don't go from winning three games to contending for a division. It just doesn't happen. You have to learn how to win. That's a real thing. And very rarely do you see that in college football. So I do think six wins, they make a bowl and then Nebraska has a choice. Is that good enough for Scott Frost to keep his job? Probably not if you're just squeaking by six wins. I did see uh, Big Game Boomer had one of his predictions of Nebraska doesn't go to a bowl and Scott Frost keeps his job. I yeah. have no idea how that happens. If that they happens. don't make a bowl, Scott Frost has to be fired. I don't care if he's made of corn. You can't <laughs> – you, you have to fire him. You have to. Yeah. You have I, to fire him. I went on, I went on Boomer's – show and i challenged him on that um not only does six and six not keep frost job i don't even know if seven wins does um uh um trev alberts new ad ex husker legend obviously he has kept the parameters on what it will take to keep scott frost employed secret because i think the parameters are high and i think if he put them out there everybody would say oh okay so scott frost is a dead man walking this is (laughs) Just my opinion, but I, I, yeah. I think it could be as high as if they don't make it to Indy, he's gone. Wow. Okay. Wow. Maybe eight and four is okay. I don't know. I think if it's eight and four, I, I think if he goes eight and four, I think you have. No, I don't know because he's lost for so long. I don't know. Right. Eight and because four. Because the thing is, eight if and it's four eight in and your four. fifth year at Nebraska, yeah. I, I, you know. Could be enough. Seven and five, I'm convinced, is is not. Yeah. I don't know. It's tough because then if it's like – if he goes like nine and three, like, oh, there's some promise. Do you keep him if there's a little bit of hope that, hey, this might turn around? I don't know. Um, all right. Northwestern. We talked about him a little bit. Uh, Jeff, what do we got about the Wildcats? Um, so I don't have them in a bowl, but I just want to say, I, I put them as a notch above Indiana and Rutgers. Okay. I just want to make that line of demarcation right there. This is a really good rushing attack. Okay. There's, you always want something to go off of 
this is a underrated offensive line. I think it's like the fifth or sixth in my mind, best offensive line in the Big Ten. Could be the best offensive line in the Big Ten West, either them or Wisconsin, and that kills me as an Iowa fan. First-round draft pick at left tackle. Evan Hall is an underrated running back. Unfortunately, that's kind of where the positives end with Northwestern. I have not seen anything to scare me in the throw game for quite some time now. The defense just blew my mind to see a Northwestern defense as poor Mm -hmm. as they were last year. I think their old defensive coordinator was the heart and soul of that football program. Fitzy has got to find something. So a very competitive team. They're going to scare a lot of teams, maybe even get somebody because of the rushing attack and uh, uh, improved defense, but just not enough to get to a bowl. Yeah. Um, I'll go next. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a, it's gonna be another down year. I, I see three wins and maybe an upset. Um, listen, Pat, Fitz, Pat Fitzgerald finds a way to surprise the conference every year after a bad year. It always seems like they always do well after they have um, a down year. I I just I think that streak ends. And I love Pat Fitzgerald when Penn State was looking for a coach um, after you know or before before Bill O'Brien or before James Franklin, I was kind of hoping Penn State could lure Pat Fitzgerald to Penn State. Um, Or Penn State can um, lure Pat Fitzgerald there, but obviously that didn't happen. I love Pat Fitzgerald. I just don't think it. It's just not in the cards. Like you said, though, good running attack, probably going to scare some teams. They're going to be scrappy Northwestern. Um, But, nah, just not a bull team. Jay? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've talked about it. I have a soft spot. There's definitely a little bit of Northwestern bias here, but I think they pull a couple upsets to get to bowl eligibility. Ooh, okay. Uh, All right. I'm looking at the schedule. Uh, I think the Nebraska game in Dublin is just such a toss-up being overseas. Agree. Does that game uh, not set up perfectly for Northwestern? Oh, absolutely. Right? This is this, 100%. If it's completely, you know, like that's that's part of the reason why – the 2020 year fits so well with Northwestern when everybody, when everything else is chaotic, that's when Fitzy takes over. And he just thrives in it. Uh, you look at the buy, you get the, obviously you're off week one because you played zero a week. Uh, then you get Duke who is coming into the season with a coaching change. Uh, former Texas A&M defensive coordinator, Mike Elko is there. Uh, that's going to be a, big switch in philosophy just because Cutcliffe was such a, a great offensive mind. Uh, now you're going completely the opposite direction, but I think Elko's going to do great things there. I just don't know if they're going to be competitive yet uh, with such a such a huge swing change in philosophy. Uh, Southern Illinois, that's a win. Miami of Ohio, that's a win. Uh, then you get into the Big Ten schedule. I'm not sure where these upsets are going to be to, to get Northwestern. Just don't be uh, Iowa to six for wins. the love of God. Don't be Iowa. I don't think it's Iowa because they're playing at Kinnick. But you look at a team like Maryland who, you know, if, if things go the wrong way with the turnover margin, which generally speaking, Pat Fitzgerald's teams tend to have a healthier turnover margin. That fits. That, game, that fits. That fits. It, that it upset could, fits. I think that they can get a win there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's... Illinois, they get at home. I think they can beat Illinois. Uh, it's tough because I'm, I'm looking at it, and obviously I'm biased. 
right? I, I've admitted that. But I, I just, I feel like Pat Fitzgerald has another one of those classic Northwestern seasons coming off of a terrible season where they just surprise a lot of people with how effective they are. Uh, and the rushing attack is still going to be good. If, if they can uh, get back to playing Northwestern defense the way that we normally expect them to play, I think you'll see them uh, knock off a few unsuspecting foes. Okay. Listen, if they get the five and seven, do they go? They they might be the team that sneaks into the bowl at five it's and possible. seven. Obviously, right? there's there's a few different variables there, but right. Uh, I, I have them at six and six. You have a six and six. I think I had them at. I think I said four and four and eight. Four and eight. Um, all right, Ohio State. Um, I'm going to lead this one off. Um, I think this is the year. I think this is the year uh, the Big Ten gets a national championship. I think Ohio State um, has some of the best skill positions uh, maybe in the country with the running back and the wide receiver core. Uh, people were complaining about the defense last year. Oh, they gave up a lot of yards, this and that. Listen, when, when you're constantly beating teams – uh, you're going to give up a lot of yards. Teams are going to take more chances. They're going to pick up chunks of yards towards the ends of the, ends of the games. Um, I think as long as the secondary can take a step forward and the secondary grows, um, I think we're looking at the best team in the Big Ten, and I think this is a team that could win the national title, uh, win the whole thing. Uh, so I'm saying playoff contender, national title contender, uh, Jeff. Well, um, not that I disagree with anything you just said, right? I, I, I think most people agree with you. Um, let's, let's, let's do a little nitpicking here, okay? Um, okay? Number one, I think they're a step below Alabama. So that's just – so I, I think they're more of a college football playoff contender than beating Alabama. Hope I'm wrong. I'm always cheering for the Big Ten in that game every single time. I don't care who it is. Uh, hope I'm wrong. <clears throat> uh, the next thing I would say is I definitely agree – that having an offense that explosive puts your defense in a, in a bad situation. Um, I think Jim Knowles is a huge step up at defensive coordinator, huge step up at defensive coordinator. And I think a lot of their talent was young last year. That's right. Even at Ohio state, having a bunch of young talent can hurt on defense. So I do think it'll look better. It's just that it's the style of how they got beat. That scares me with Ohio state. They got out physical in the Oregon game, in the Michigan game, and their offense bailed them out against Utah in the Rose Bowl, you know? So, like, that is I, – I think I'm closer to picking Ohio State to win the Big Ten. Like, I haven't even been 100% convinced of that. Uh, now more than I ever have because I do think the defense will take a step up. But, but I am just an old-school guy. I need to see that physicality out of both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. All right. I also agree that the physicality is a little bit concerning. That's the one thing for me holding them back from being national title contender uh, and instead just a playoff contender. I think one of the more underrated transfers that Ohio State pulled was Tanner McAllister out of uh, Oklahoma State. I think that's he's going to be a, a big addition to that secondary. Uh, obviously, was a, a, a big playmaker for the for the Cowpokes last year. Uh, this defensive line I have circled because the talent is there, but they have to take a step forward in physicality. 
to to become a national title contender. I think we'll find out pretty quick. I mean, obviously, you get tested the first game of the season uh, with Notre Dame. Uh, obviously, God, I can't Brian, wait for that game. I mean, it's so <laughs> exciting, oh. so exciting. Uh, Brian Kelly's gone. I think uh, that's actually a step up for Notre Dame. Uh, LSU fans probably aren't going to like hearing that, but I don't know about that either. We'll see. Uh, so they get tested right off the bat, but then Arkansas state Toledo, you get Wisconsin early in the season, which I think is a good thing. Uh, I think Wisconsin gets better as the season goes on. Uh, I just, I look at the schedule. And I, I, I just don't see them slipping up at any point. Uh, obviously Michigan's going to be tough, but they're going to be so fired up after what happened last year. We'll see if the defensive line takes a step forward in their physicality early on, and that'll set the tone for the season. Uh, either way, I think they're in the playoff as the Big Ten champion. I just don't know if they're going to be able to compete if they aren't more physical up front. No, I, yeah, no, I, I no, and listen, I, I see your guys' point. Um, I do think, I think they have enough coming back. And I think last year was kind of like a, hey, we, you can't just show up. And expect to win, and I do think there is a a fire that's kind of brewing there at Ryan Day, especially if you listen to him on Media Day, which is I'm not saying he's setting himself up to fail because you hear that and you think, okay, that's good, he's getting the troops fired up. Here's the problem: if they come back and they go ten and two, all right, now. It's, well, you said the standard was here and you're not meeting your own standard. And Ohio State fans already kind of have like this, you're not as good as Urban Meyer, like take with Ryan and, and, and there's some <laughs> there's some validity to them you're, asking that question at this point. Uh, Jay, what did you say? He, well, did you know, compare him to Napoleon? Taking over the French, uh, I think I think it was uh, Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great, who inherited yeah, the empire. Uh, it yeah. was uh, Philip of Macedonia that he, you know, Philip had built up <laughs> this, this giant army. Macedonia, it's Macedonia, Macedonia, it's Macedonia. That's how they said it back in the day. Uh, Macedonia. Nothing is better than when an, either an O lineman or D lineman suddenly gets deep and, and intelligent, man. It's <laughs> it's the best thing. I miss See, that about being in the locker but, room. But Philip built up this massive army and then has a heart attack. So Alexander the Great goes on to conquer Persia. Sure. Similar to and that, that's Meyer. basically how I uh, compared <laughs> yeah. Urban Meyer and yeah. Ryan Day. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, but listen, it, it is. I mean, Ryan Day kind of inherited this. And then everyone's kind of like, okay, you're a great coach. You have all the pieces. Why can't you give us national title like Urban Meyer did um, or Jim Dressel did? So – yeah, it's I, I think he's setting himself up I, again. It sounds really good at media day, but listen, James Franklin made the same mistake when he said we're no longer settling for to be great. We want to be elite. Well, guess what? You have a couple setbacks and yeah. now you have the, the Penn State fans with the pitch tor- uh, pitchforks saying you said we were going to be elite. Why aren't we elite yet? So it's it, it, I'm, we I'm do. Afraid. Yeah. Sorry to cut you. I, I sorry. No, you're fine. Um, we do for each time we break every, every team we break down, we do a, a biggest game, scariest game and curb stomp. I put Michigan for all three for them. It, it's the biggest game for sure. Mm-hmm. Could they curb stomp them? Absolutely. Absolutely. But if they get beat, it turns into the scariest game. I, I, mm-hmm. I amazing. You know, that's, that's yeah. going to be, 
that's going to be the, I mean, that might be the biggest game, the game mm. of our lives. I don't know. It could potentially, you know, like there's going to be intrigue. Since in that game number one if, versus number two. Since, oh yeah, number one since versus one, number two. Yeah. Since one versus two. Um, Good point. But Good point. No, it's, it's going to be, uh, oh, I can't wait. The juices are yep. flowing. Oh, yeah. Um, all right, am I le- I'm leading this next one off. I feel like it's appropriate. Um, Penn State is the biggest wild card team in this entire conference. Okay, okay. They are the biggest. They can finish ten and two or seven and five, and it wouldn't surprise me. Wow, it wouldn't okay. like that is that big of. I think that is that big of a gap with this team. And listen, so he- here's. I'm gonna I'm gonna go on the soapbox. I know I talk a lot, but this is gonna this is gonna be a, a winful answer here. <laughs> um, listen, they get two starters back on the defensive line that didn't even play last year. Okay, plus PJ Mustafer, who got hurt in the Iowa game, who is a bedrock on the inside. Um, I think linebacker again, Penn state is linebacker you. And I think their biggest question mark is at linebacker, especially at that Sam position right now. They have former safety, Jonathan Sutherland. I think uh sophomore Kobe King uh, from Philly can, can kind of go into that spot. I think secondary, they have one of the better secondaries in the big 10 uh, as long as Keaton Ellis or um, Wheatley or Jalen Reed come in and, fill that spot at safety uh, but the corner spots they're good uh at safe at the other safety they go with Jair Brown defensively I think a lot of people are saying hey they lost seven guys to the NFL I think they're kind of um counting the, this defense out but the thing is they're getting a lot of guys back from injury last year and if you watch the Arkansas game their offense didn't perform well and they were holding Arkansas pretty much this in the entire game until at the end, until KJ Jefferson was starting to run read options. And then he had a bunch of those interior guys who were totally inexperienced, um, you know, playing, you know, getting first team reps for the first time all year. Um, they started to kind of run all over him. Now, offensively, I don't listen. I'm not saying Sean Clifford is CJ Stroud. I'm not, but I Old do, statement. Old statement. I'm not saying that. I'm not <laughs> saying he's a Heisman hopeful. I'm not saying anything like that. But I do think that at one point he was overrated. But now I think people yes. like, yes. but people just rip on him so much that now I feel like he's underrated. And listen, he has problems with the deep ball. I see that. But I, I think he's. I don't think it's a stretch to say he's the fourth or fifth best quarterback in the conference. I don't think that's, I think he's a solid quarterback. Um, I think the offensive line will be better. Um, those young guys that played in the bowl game looked pretty good. Troutline's got those guys, um, you know, his young guys perform well. They get Mitchell Tinsley from Western Kentucky. That's going to try and um, help with that receiving core, which I, which I believe is going to be sneaky good. You have two tight ends that had the sophomore slump. Penn State can win 10 football games this year. They 100% can make a New Year's Six Bowl. Absolutely. I don't think they do. I think they go 9-3 and three and they go to the Citrus Bowl instead. And I think this is going to be a good building year with some of those recruiting classes uh, coming in. But total wild card team. They could drop a couple games. Like maybe, listen, 
They might lose to Purdue. We haven't talked about Purdue yet. They might lose to Purdue. But if I think they they could go eight and four, I do think they go nine and three, though. Thursday Jay. night kick at Ross Aid is scary. Uh, Very scary. I've been I'll saying it say for that. weeks. <laughs> I've been saying it for weeks. Penn State might By go the way, and one the to Purdue. Penn State. I think the stat is they have started on the road 13 of the last 14 years in Big Ten play. That, yeah, that's joke. a bunch of jack shit that, that Penn State has had to do that. And now you you pull poor salt on the wound by doing it on a Thursday night at ross Zoin. Which, notoriously terrible locker room. Uh, Ooh, we talk really? about quite a bit. Yeah, it gets talked about quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, uh, but you also have a, a, a really tough road game uh, against an SEC foe in Auburn. Now, I will say that fan base is on the verge of mutiny. <laughs> they do not like Brian Harson at all. It is one of the wildest things to see uh, coming out of SEC country. Uh, so weird that <laughs> SEC fans aren't more, you know, middle of the road. I yeah, agree. With, with, right, it's crazy. I mean, you know, I mean, it's like not Tennessee like Carson fans, was successful but... at Boise State or anything. <laughs> I don't but uh, you look at what this this program has. Uh, obviously, Auburn's getting a transfer from A and M and Zach Calzada, who uh, I really appreciate what he did whenever we beat Alabama. But he wasn't the best quarterback in the conference uh, throughout the season. He has some inconsistencies. There's some problems with him throwing screens where he tries to fire it in there and it costs causes mistakes. But we're talking Penn State. Uh, Penn State is. <laughs> I'm sorry, I get off into my SEC tangent. Uh, it's it's like you said, Jake. It's just such a wild card. This team could go so many different ways. I could even see him going as low as six and six. Uh, well, that's like that's the... like everything goes. That's an everything goes wrong scenario. And I mean. Bad things do happen uh, <laughs> to Penn State on occasion. I just look at the COVID year, uh, but it's hey, they finished four and five. Okay, <laughs> they finished four and five in the COVID. Finish strong. Finish strong. Uh, but I mean, you look at it. You get you go to Michigan, which I think is is just really a tough draw. You do get Ohio State at home. I mean, I think. Ohio State may have one slip up in in conference play, and if, Penn State it, will if cover. it was going to happen, I think it would happen. Whatever that line hard. is, whatever that line is, Penn State will cover. I'm not saying they're going to win, but they'll cover it. Standard. Yeah, that's, love it. Yeah, love to see it. Uh, and I, much like Michigan State's going to come down to the land grant, I think this season also comes down to the land grant for Penn State. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens at the end of the season. Uh, you know, if everything goes right, I think they're clawing at, at the, on the verge of uh, of a New Year's Six birth. Uh, we'll see what happens. I have them as, as just below New Year's Six uh, for my prediction on how they're going to finish this year. But it, it could be, if everything goes right, they could have quite the season. After the last two years, I'll take a Citrus Bowl. I'll take yeah. it. I'll take that. All right, you Jeff. guys did. Uh, only thing I'd add is Sean Clifford loved him, love him in the DC comics as Two Face because I never know what I'm going to get. <laughs> Flip a quarter, good, good or bad. But when it's good, it is underratedly good. Like mm-hmm. really good arm, mobile. If the second year with the same offensive coordinator can do it, that is the key to mm-hmm. me. Along with Jake, Jake brother. 
can we get a rushing attack? What oh, is going on? So, this is so, Penn State, yeah, and you just yeah. questioned the linebackers, and I'm questioning the running backs. And I know they just got the five star and another four star and whatever, mm-hmm. but like I, I'm tired of not seeing Penn State so, run the ball. So here, so here's well. See, I mentioned the linebackers because I, I already chalked the offensive line as pretty much a loss. Okay. But really? here's here's the thing with the offensive line that I think why they kind of really took a step backwards. Okay. Um, they've been running RPOs for like, I don't know, four or five years. You had Joe Moorhead. You had Ricky Ronnie, who Penn State fans are now kind of seeing, oh, Ricky Ronnie wasn't that bad of an offensive coordinator. Um, and then they had Sor- um, Soraka. And I always pronounce his name wrong. Shiraka. But Shiraka. Anyway, they started the year off that 2020 year very poorly. Okay. A uh, couple guys get banged up. They, they, they lose a bunch of guys right before the season started. And the COVID year was crazy anyway. But towards the end of the year, they kind of started to, to kind of get their feel with that offense. You know, Clifford wasn't turning the ball over. It, things were kind of starting to come together. So now I think Franklin sees Yursich is available, and it's like, I like <laughs> this guy that I just hired, but I really want this guy. And I think that, again, it was another switch, and Yursich isn't like huge RPO after RPO like um, Soraka was. And I just think that those offensive linemen – couldn't adjust. Now, their offensive line coach right now, I like him. People are already, oh, it sucks. It's terrible. No. His guys, the guys he recruits, have been the silver lining on the offensive line. Give this guy some time. Fashnu, Tangwall, um, Juice Scrudge, Juice Scrudge is a um, is a layover from a past people. But I'm telling you, Fashnu and Tangwall are going to be really good offensive linemen. I expect, f- please, for the love of God, don't make me eat these words. I think this is the year the offensive line will be competent. Okay. And if the offensive line is competent, they'll be able to run the football and they'll be able to close out games. That, that, That's that, the big be, thing yep. with James Franklin. Well, he all Every time he plays a really good team, they blow it at the end. Why do they blow it at the end? Because they can't consistently run the football. This isn't rocket science, okay? You can't run the football. You can't close out. Jam, you heard this before? Is, is this? Is this... Uh, it, it happens every once in a while. <laughs> I'm off the high horse. I'm sorry. Right. It just gets. Oh, fun. Sam Warmly also. Sam Warmly is back on that offensive line who was hurt earlier uh, before the season even started. All right, All right. Jay. I'm done. All right, All right I'm done. For the people who are listening, uh, Jay is laughing because I got on my soapbox again. <laughs> yep. It happens. It happens. Um, ooh, who's next? Purdue. Oh, Purdue. Jeff, go first. For yeah, Purdue. I mean, they've, they've turned in everybody's darling this offseason. Uh, yep. You know, and by the way, I mean, nine games they won last year, and they played 12 Power 5 teams. But that's insane. They, they only played one group of five team. They played two in the non-conference during the regular season, obviously the bowl game. So, I mean, they do deserve a lot of it. Um, Brom like Tom, good coach. Uh, spotty, you know, a uh, little bit of Ohio State here. They're like diet Ohio State where they're going to be more passing attack. 
than they are defense. Um, their defense did take a big step up last year, but then they lost their defensive coordinator along with George, George Karlaftis on the other side. Yeah, you pick up Charlie Jones, but you lost David Bell. And, um, uh, oh, now I'm drawing a blank uh, on the other wide receiver they lost in the offseason, Milton Wright. Right. Um, so that those are two huge losses on offense. But Aiden O'Connell's good, um, but they can't run the ball. <laughs> I mean, I'm just all mm. over the place with Purdue. So, you know, definitely a bowl contender. I think a lot of people would have him as a New Year's Six contender, at least it seems like from what – I'm kind of pulling. I, I think they're maybe a step back from that. They've got a big old Wisconsin problem, man. I mean, they have lost to Wisconsin, mm. I think, in 16 years in a row. They have gotten on Iowa. But Iowa, I know I'm going to play Iowa fan here, but I still don't know how Iowa lost the 2020 game to Purdue. Uh, so it, it's not as far away as people make it out to be. People are making you know way too much out of that uh, beatdown. It was a beatdown, don't get me wrong last year. So I really like this team. I really like Aiden O'Connell uh, and I like the team in the big 10 West because of Aiden O'Connell, they have the best quarterback, uh, but all together mixed together. I'm not sure if I'm seeing enough for this to be a new year six type of type of team. Um, Jay. I am very, very excited to watch this team. I think this is team is going to be popcorn all season long. I mean, just, uh, not going to be in a boring game in my mind. Uh, I, I especially have that game against Maryland circled just because I think you're going to see a lot of points put up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a back and forth slugfest that uh, just is, I'm going to enjoy it. Sometimes I like high scoring football. I know as a defensive guy, I probably shouldn't say that, but there's just something about teams trading knockout blows back and forth. And I just have a feeling that that Purdue Maryland game is going to be one of those contests. Uh, As far as what I see for the season, I, I like this Purdue team. I just think they're a distant third to Iowa and Wisconsin and the big 10 West. Uh, I just, I have a feeling that Wisconsin and Iowa are going to be just better than Purdue. Uh, there's really no other way to say that. I just think they're going to be more consistent for one thing. Uh, and I think consistency is going to be key in this divisional race. Uh, Wisconsin, obviously on the road, that's going to be a really tough ask. They get Purdue or they get Iowa at home, uh, which I think will make that a little more competitive than the Wisconsin game. Uh, and they're also coming off a of bye there. So that's something to think about as well. I just think Iowa and Wisconsin are better teams uh, at this stage, and I, I think they'll be able to kind of corral the Purdue offense. Uh, I see Purdue as a as a very near New Year's Six team, but a lot like Penn State, they're not going to be able to get over that hump. Uh, you're looking at 9-3, and 8-4, and four, which is, is still a great season uh, f- for the Boilermakers, but uh, a little bit off of what some people are predicting. So... I have a soft spot for Purdue. Um, my younger brother is a Purdue fan, Penn State alum, and Purdue is his first love. Yeah. He was middle child syndrome, uh, first Penn State game with the family. They played against Purdue. Uh, coach, um, oh, he played for Illinois. Uh, Brock Spack brought him in the locker room, met Dustin oh. Keller. So it was a big time. That makes yeah, sense. Purdue for everything. So he gets me in basketball season. Um, but anyway, I do have a soft spot for, for Purdue because I do watch about a lot because of my brother. Um, 
listen, they have to replace some receivers. They got to replace two big time defensive ends that I don't think a lot of people are talking about enough. They're talking about the receivers leaving, man. You got two big time defensive ends that you got to replace. But I think they have enough returning. I think this is an eight or nine win football team. I think that they're not going to get that New Year's six. But if they upset Penn State in week one, look out because I do think they could sneak in as a 10 and two team. Problem is I don't think they're better than Iowa. And I don't think they're, I don't think they match up well against Wisconsin. So I'm going to put Purdue on new year's day and it's going to come down to them in Minnesota, that game determining who's going to play a new year's day game, Minnesota or Purdue. But I do like the Boilermakers. I think, you know, listen, I like Aiden O'Connell. I love his story. I think he's getting a maybe a little too That's much fair. hype. That's fair. Uh, just a little too much yep. hype because he has shown that he kind of he's going to sling it around and he's going to make some mistakes. Um, I'm not saying he's bad by any stretch, but uh, like you said, also running game. And are they going to be able to close out game? Are they going to be able to close these games out? But I like Boilermakers eight or nine wins. And listen, that's a big win. If they can consistently do that, Jeff Brom has a job for as long as he wants to stay in West Lafayette. Um, and then is that, are we done? No, no we, we have a uh, Rutgers in Wisconsin, I think. Oh, Wisconsin. Um, Rutgers in. Yep. Yeah. We have so Rutgers, Rutgers well, man. Well, do we have, we'll okay, Rutgers. Uh, well, team's going to be better. All right, Rutgers. Team is going to be better, but – this team gave up 400 yards per game last year. I think they'll be better defensively, especially with a defensive-minded coach. I don't know what the hell's going to happen on offense. That offense is going to be atrocious. I think it's going to be the worst offense in the Big Ten by far. Um, yeah, Rutgers is a no-ball. So, so my positive with Rutgers, I really like Greg Schiano as a coach. Um, Sopranos. Great, great team or great show. Really like that. Uh, my buddy Henry is from New Jersey, played with at Iowa. That's all I got. <laughs> I, I, I'm ner- I'm a little nervous for the Scarlet Kick them out of the there. Big Ten. No, let's take no, someone I, else. Kick them out. You, hey, hey, you, you, you can't be adding in all the A-listers. You know, you need a nice B celebrity in your cast. Otherwise, there's there's too much there so it's tough year for Rutgers um I think they pick up a win versus Indiana in conference because I think they're better I think they'd be better coach type of deal um but it's it's there's gonna have to be some patience unless um Gavin Wimsat their star quarterback unless he is a revelation if that happens at quarterback then we got a chance Uh, I think they'll beat Wagner and Temple They'll be Temple. I will say they will be Temple. <laughs> Boston College Temple's- is going to be a tough game for them. For sure. I think Boston College is going to be a really good program this year. Yeah. Uh, and they're on the road at Boston College. I think, honestly, I think Boston College may compete for the ACC title. Ooh, uh, we'll, we'll see about that, date. though. Uh, we're that we're talking Big Ten right now. We're talking Big right, Ten. Right. We don't have to clip that. Uh, but, uh, I mean, I don't even know if they beat Indiana, to be honest with you. Uh, we'll see. Uh, it's a it's a one win, two win at most, uh, Big Ten schedule for Rutgers, and I'm leaning towards one. Uh, with that one being Indiana, so that's their only chance. Unless Maryland, maybe again, maybe Maryland turns the ball over a bunch. 
Yeah, but I mean, at the end of the season, I think Maryland's just going to be a little bit uh, more cohesive as a, as a team by the time that game rolls around. Uh, I, I don't see them. I see them slipping up against certain teams in the Big Ten. I don't see one of those teams being Rutgers. Uh, I mean, and, and maybe we could get shocked by uh, Shiano. I, I do think he's a, a decent coach in, in spite of all the shenanigans that went down whenever he was hired at Tennessee and then ended that up was, not coaching there. That was a joke. <laughs> it was such an incredible moment. Uh, I hate but those people. <laughs> I Jake's care. not I'll a fan it. of the Hill people. And their fan base. Okay, sorry. <laughs> we have to get that in at least once a show. No. Uh, but it's it's dim for Rutgers. We'll put it that way. Yeah, it is. Um, all right, Wisconsin. Jeff, what about right, the Badgers? So, all right, so um, maybe shocker here, but I'm not that high on the Badgers. Um, hmm. I think there has been a steady decline that we've seen. Um I think they're extremely thin. Uh, if Braylon Allen goes down, I, I show me what they got on offense. Show me what they got. I mean, they have to lean on him. And and running backs go down in the Big Ten. Chez Louis, the the backups. There's not much there in the backup in the in the backfield. The offensive line will be better this year, but the targets on the outside, the tight end room is decimated. The wide receivers are all. We heard this guy is good. And then Graham Mertz, we've already talked about. The defense will be good because that's what Jim Leonard does. But they're returning three starters. And and the, the key there is Keanu Benton at nose tackle. If he goes down, <laughs> I think it's going to hurt the defense. Mm-hmm. Bob Bostad, who was the longtime old line coach under Biel- under Bielma, he was, he's been the linebacker coach for like five years now. He, that guy is a wizard. He goes back to the offensive line. So the offensive line will be better. I think it's going to hurt the defense a little bit. So, like, we might see a Wisconsin defense that's gasp only 20th in the country in total defense instead of first or second like they've been. So I'm not saying, you know, the bottom's going to drop off because they'll play good football. Just kind of feel like more of an eight and four bowl team, but not near six. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Jay. Yeah, I mean, I look at the the non-conference schedule. The problem I see with Wisconsin is at Ohio State, at Michigan State, at Iowa. Those three games, that's that's tough to win all three of those games on the road. There's no way they beat Ohio State in my mind on the road. Uh, Michigan State is going to be just a, a really, really tough road game for them in East Lansing. And then Iowa at Kinnick to, in my mind, decide the Big Ten West title race. Uh, I just think Iowa's got the home field advantage to to kind of keep Wisconsin from, from winning this division. Uh, and, you know, I, I see Wisconsin as about 9-3, I think they may be able to get that Michigan State win. That's that's the one of those three road games that I think I could see them winning. I, I just think on the road at Kinnick, it, it's it's not going to go well for them. So uh, nine and three, just below New Year's six. I just think, and again, I, I think Jeff um, brought a lot of good points there, and it's kind of making me kind of double guess, double guess myself a little bit, because I think. I think we just expect that Wisconsin's just going to come in. They're going to play really good defense. 
they're going to run the football. They're going to control in the trenches with their offensive line. Um, and the thing is, if they can't run the football, they're in trouble offensively because they can't consistently pass the ball. They can't. That's what that's what hurt them last year against Penn State. That's how Penn State beat them last year is because Penn State basically said, "Okay, we're gonna st- we're gonna stop your run. Try and pass it on us." All right, we're going to be a man coverage. Try and do it, and they couldn't. And they couldn't do it. And they gave Penn State more and more chances. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with Mertz. Um, maybe he hit a sophomore slump. Maybe that's who he is. I think I'm leaning towards that's who he is. Um, but they have to run the football. They have to. And I do think that they have a good matchup against. Minnesota. I think they're a good matchup against Purdue. I don't I, I don't think they beat Iowa. Um, I think this is a New Year's Day team. I think this team is nine and three, maybe eight and four. And I'm now now I'm double guessing myself. Now I'm kind of leaning towards eight and four. Now I'm thinking like Alamo bowlish type of type of stuff. Or cheese it bowl, which is better than the last cheese at bowl or i don't know there it's gone to like three different locations. it's hard to keep track of the names yeah. these days yeah the cheese well the cheese at bowl has been like it, w- it was like the old cactus bowl now it's like the the old champs world sports bowl which was also the russell bowl i don't know but anyway i just around the holidays bowl. i just know them as the bowl i'm gambling on on tuesday night <laughs> then the one i'm gambling on on wednesday night that's how i know those bowls. exactly um all right and that is your big 10 Basically a Big Ten preview right there. Yeah. Um, all right. So next what we're going to do, um, everyone listening is probably like, wow, this is a long one. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you. We're going to put that. a disclaimer. We have to put a disclaimer on our uh, when we post this. All right. So, Jeff, really quick, we're going to go into vital information. Um, I'm going to send out a couple quick questions at you and um, just answer whatever comes off the top of your head. Okay? Yep. yep. All right. Favorite football player, or sorry, first favorite football player from the Big Ten, or no, no, in general, period. Uh, period. I mean, my older brother <laughs> played football at Iowa. That's what I fell in love uh, with with college football uh, and Iowa football in general. Um, but uh, to go outside of the Hawkeyes, there was a guy that played in the Big Ten at that time named Vaughn Dunbar. He was a running back for right. Indiana, and I absolutely love that dude. He had a visor. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. All right, cool. Uh, now, all right, so would he also be favorite player of all time? No. I mean, I'm a I'm a Giants fan, actually, so it'd probably oh. be Lawrence Taylor. Um, okay, that's a good you know, but and, and then also Barry Sanders. I mean, I that was the age I was in. Watching him play running back was always amazing. Okay. Um, favorite Hawkeye season? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, boy. Uh, 1990 Rose Bowl, again, it was my brother was starting defensive back on the team. So got beat Ohio State on the road, beat Michigan on the road, destroyed Illinois. Illinois was really good. You know, it got me a trip to, to Pasadena. So I, I got to go with the 1990 Rose Bowl team for Iowa. Okay, here we go. Yep. Um, favorite Hawkeye game? Uh, I would have to go with, um, <laughs> can I, I'll do two real quick. Okay. Uh, 
we clinched the Big Ten championship in 2002 in the Metrodome against Minnesota. I think we beat them like we, we destroyed them. And it was the drunkest I've ever been at a football game in my entire life. The entire, by the end of the game, it was just all Hawkeye fans in the Metrodome. It was like having a gigantic indoor party in somebody else's house. <laughs> it was absolutely fantastic. The, those are the best types of games. I remember oh my my, uh, my sophomore year when we played uh, South Carolina on the road to start the season uh, in 2014. Uh, we just destroyed them and basically stole sandstorm is our song for the rest nice. of the year. <laughs> See? And you're never going to, you're never going to forget that. Yep. Um, and, and then the, the, for the game game would be the Tate to Holloway. It's a, it's a game in Iowa lore where we beat LSU, Nick Saban's LSU in the capital one bowl, where at the end of the game, Drew Tate threw it up to uh, uh, Holloway only uh, uh, touchdown catch of his entire career, last play of the game, walk-off touchdown is pretty incredible. Awesome. Um, all right, best uniforms, can't say Iowa. In the big, I'm just going to go in the Big Ten. So I have been chastised for this, and I'm not playing it up to one of your hosts, but dude, I love Penn State's <sighs> uniforms. I always, like the plainness. I love this guy. See, I it knew is, I made a good decision when and, I asked him to come on. And, and, and the best helmet is Michigan. But yeah, the, okay. the the total kits. Listen, mm-hmm. I just love the plain. I, I I would like it more if they would top them off with black shoes, like in the old day. That would make it even better for me. But I I love the simple clean. They still they still got. Uh, I think for the most part they still got the black shoes. But yeah. I think everyone isn't the same though. I think some right. of the guys have something altered. Now everybody needs tur- to be wearing the old school Nike Land Sharks. Sure, sure. Absolutely. But no, it's um yeah, Penn State. I, I love the Roan Whites. I love the all whites. Me I know too. some people think they look ugly, but and then this the the plain helmet. Um, but yeah, I'll go on for days with that. Oh, listen, Iowa has a nice uniform too. They do. Um yeah. actually we were talking about that, Jay, about, uh last week. The the logo is helmet. great. Yeah, the helmet's I mean, solid. It, I mean, nationally, I love Bama's kind of the same reasons why I love Penn State's. I love Texas. I mean, the 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 helmet is amazing, and dude, USC's home kits are sick. Yeah, I mean, there, there's good. yep. I um, even had to give Texas credit last time, and it was, yeah, it was yeah. a little bit frustrating. <laughs> yep. Uh, best tradition in college football, you can't say the wave. Okay. Um. I'm going to stay in Iowa though. I, I just, I, I love the pig uh, playing yeah, for Florida playing Rosedale, for Florida Rosedale um, yeah. like getting, you know, I was able to get my hands on that a couple times when mm. I was at Iowa. It is the greatest thing in the world. It means a lot to the players. It means a lot to the fans. It's not a forced tradition. It happened organically. It's mm. old as hell. I absolutely love the pig. It's it's things like that make college football. Great for sure. Um, all right, best place to eat in Iowa City. Yeah, I. I okay, I, I I don't even know if it's there anymore. That's how old I'm oh, getting. Oh, do it when anyway. I, when it, it's it's called Quinton's. It was it's a bar, but it was just really good bar food. They had bread bowl soups <laughs> that I love. Uh, and then back in the day, the owner only hired, uh, shall we say, handsome looking waitresses. So it was just one of the best places to go. Okay. All right, one team you hate. Um, 
I mean, I got to go Iowa State. Uh, yeah, it, it used to be, it used to be Nebraska, uh, but because Nebraska's been down and getting to know the good Nebraska fans, uh, that great. has dissipated. Now I reserve the right to change this. The second Nebraska beats Iowa, because I'm pretty sure I know how horrible it's going to be when it eventually happens. Hopefully, when my kinder, hopefully when my kindergartners in like college and I can barely see the TV. Um, but but Iowa State fans and their inability to understand the basics of what wins and losses actually mean historically it just blows my mm-hmm. mind. And then one team you always seem to root for. Um. Again, I am not. I am not trying to angle at you, but it used to be Penn State. Mm-hmm. The whole game last year, it it kind of shook me. It shook my Penn State fandom. It, you know, the Iowa I Penn State what, kerfuffle. Honestly, I'm gonna be honest. I used to listen. It, Same thing. The Iowa thing kind of did it too. And yeah, we should we should have let off with this. Okay. Yeah. Listen, I I know how it looked. I understand. I know how it looked. But the thing was, PJ Mustafer's out for the season. Yeah. Sean Clifford out for the year. Well, actually, I should say that out for a couple weeks. Okay. Um, Jaquan Brisker has had, who was another guy who was down, has had shoulder problems since he was a freshman. Uh, the other guy who went down was Ebiketti, who was a second round draft pick. I don't think that's a guy you want to be turtling during it. So, Let's just say I have insider information, and oh, okay. I am positive there was real injuries, and I'm positive there was some injuries that okay were were hey. were a part of the script. All right, we will. So two will. things can be true at once. Obviously, Mustafar got hurt. Obviously, Sean Clifford got hurt. These are these are obvious things. Um, yeah. I hate to end it on that. We were getting along so so great. Oh, I know. Old podcast, but <laughs> I, I'm glad Penn State isn't on the schedule. I would like to get back to liking Penn State. Yeah. At some point, um, I mean, you could always outside, just switch to Texas A&M instead. I wouldn't complain. About I got that. nothing against. I like Texas A&M a lot more when they weren't in the SEC. Uh, Jimbo drives me nuts. Sorry, I can't listen. I got talk. <laughs> I mean, sometimes he drives me nuts too. So. Yeah, uh, but I would say I would love to see Virginia Tech get back to playing good football. That would be a team I would mm-hmm. root for. Hey, that's a team that I used to always root against, but with Brett Pry there, um, I've met Brett okay. Pry before. Um, when I coached um, in college for a bit and he was 100% a class act um, knew my name the next day, offered me coffee, like the whole thing treated me very respectful. And awesome. I was like, a, and I was a 22 year old, you know, uh, no namer. And, um, but yeah, so Brett Pry being at Virginia tech, I'm, I kind of have a soft spot for them now too. Sure. But yeah, but anyway, what an episode. Yeah. Yes. This was a long one. <laughs> But I thought we had a very good Big Ten breakdown here. Uh, Jeff, tell everybody where they can follow you because Jeff is a really good follow for uh, Big Ten football. Yeah, I appreciate that. I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Uh, the the podcast is the Eyes E Y E S on Big B One G podcast. We're on all the platforms. We talk about all fourteen teams. Uh, we'll break down each game and then break before and then eat, break down each game after each week. So uh, come take a listen. We we I think we have a pretty good uh, fun and we try to be as serious as we can getting to know these teams. All right. Well, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for staying this long with us and uh, have a great week.